Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 316 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from a warm spring day in Austin, Texas. And I'm excited to be with you today with a solo episode again and an announcement of a new sponsor. So we're going to get to my main topic today where I'm going to talk about the lies that we tell ourselves As a coach, I can promise you I hear certain things quite often, and this is going to be a list of 10 things that I hear quite often that are mostly lies that we tell ourselves that get in the way of performance, and I can tell you that I hear these words across the full spectrum of degrees of fast in the worlds that I coach, and so if you're thinking or feeling or saying any of these things to yourself, then you are not alone. That I can promise, but I'm going to talk about the lies that I hear and how you can work through those lies to create a different narrative. So we'll get to that in just a second. Before we get there, I'm excited to announce a new sponsorship with the show. I am bringing on Johnji, the apparel company. As a new sponsor, I'll be talking a little bit more about my partnership with them mid-episode. The founders, Dave and Mike, were on episode 312. At that time, they did not sponsor my show, and it wasn't until a conversation that we had after that episode that this sponsorship came up. But now they've sent me some gear. I've tried it out, and I'll talk more about my partnership with them mid-episode. So stay tuned for that. But beyond that, I want to jump right into my topic, and I've got 10 lies that we tell ourselves as runners that get in the way of our performance. Before I jump into each one of those, I wanted to quickly set the table. Again, as I mentioned at the top, these are words that I hear from all levels of runners, front to back of pack. We all have insecurities about the sport, and you might think you're the only one, or you might think that you're in a category of runner that it's unique to, but I promise you across the spectrum, you're going to hear words I hear as a coach, words like I'm going to talk about today. The other thing to note here is that the goal isn't to try to completely silence these thoughts. I mean, it might work, it might happen, but more than likely, you're still going to have thoughts like this on occasion, and that's okay. It's okay to have thoughts like this. What we're trying to accomplish with this episode is to give you different words to use when these thoughts and lies come up that you tell yourself so that you can reprogram your brain and change the narrative in your, in your head so that a much bigger percentage of your energy and thoughts go towards the positive thoughts and a smaller percentage relative to where you are now goes to these lies that we tell ourselves. Because these lies are going to be words that are simply not going to be useful. They're going to be things that are going to get in your way of ultimately being your best. And science tells us that positive self-talk, giving ourselves more positive words to replace the negative ones in our mind is powerful. And the process of doing that helps you perform better. So science tells us that. But in order to get there, in order to replace those thoughts with better ones, we have to be aware of the things that we're telling ourselves. And so I'm going to call you out on some of these lies that you might be telling yourself, and I'm going to give you ways to silence or hopefully hush a little bit 
those negative thoughts, that devil on your shoulder when these lies come to mind. So let's jump right in with number one. And this is the number one thing I hear from people that are joining a group of mine for the first time or that are asking questions about starting a training program or building their distance and going perhaps from a 5K or 10K to a half marathon or or marathon. This is the number one thing I hear. People say, I am not a runner. (laughs) I'm not a runner, but I want to run a marathon. (laughs) I'm not a runner, but I'm thinking about my first half. I'm not a runner, but I just did a 5K and want to do a 10K. I can't tell you how often I hear the words, I am not a runner from people. And I'm telling you, it is not constructive to use that language about yourself. Because if you're listening to this podcast, then you're a runner. I don't even care how you move through space. If you're listening to this podcast, and you're thinking about your running goals, then you're a runner. Period. The end. The great, late great Bill Bowerman, who was head coach of the universe, at the University of Oregon, he helped actually create the first waffle trainers that would become Nike running shoes, working with Phil Knight. He used to say that if you have a body, you're an athlete. If you have a body, you're an athlete. And I would extend that to say, if you have a body, then you're a runner. There are no other prerequisites. You don't need to run a certain pace. You don't need to run a certain distance. Your running doesn't need to look like a certain thing or a certain way. If you're moving through space, putting one foot in front of another, I don't care what degree of fast you are, then you're a runner. Full stop. So we got to stop using that language about ourselves because it isn't useful. It isn't productive. You're a runner. Claim it, own it, and then get going about doing the business of training for whatever you want to train for. We'll talk more in a minute about what people tell themselves about goals, but this is just fundamental stuff. And you might occasionally think it, you might occasionally even let those words from this point forward come out of your mouth to someone, but I want you to catch yourself And stop yourself each time and learn to reframe it to say, I am a runner and this is what I want to do with it. I am a runner and this is what I want to do with it. And I'll talk about positive self-talk throughout this episode, but this is one of those fundamental areas where it could be really effective for you. If this is something that is a deep down insecurity, then we have to fundamentally reprogram your brain in order to think differently. And again, that's not to say that we'll ever completely eradicate these thoughts from your brain, but we do need to reprogram it so that it leans more, skews more towards the positive thoughts. And this may be an area where you could practice that by simply using the phrase, I am a runner, post it prominently, write it down, post it prominently on your mirror, on your refrigerator on your car dash, use it as your computer password. I am a runner. Say that outside, out loud to yourself every day, looking in the mirror, and I promise you, it will over time, if you do that daily, it will over time get you to actually believe it and own it. Because until you believe it and own it, 
then you're not going to be fully empowered and enabled to go chase the goals that you want to chase. It's going to hold you back because you're going to, you're going to think you're not worthy of the goals that we talk about on this podcast all the time. And so I don't care where you are in the spectrum of running from beginner to advanced, from the front of the back to the back of the pack. You're a runner. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a runner. If you're moving through space in any plausible way, I want you to own that label and then let's go get some big goals with it. Own it. Use it to empower you. Change the way you consider yourself. That leads me to number two, which these often come together. These two phrases often come together. I'm not a runner. And the other one that I hear very closely after that oftentimes is I'm slow. I'm slow. Or I'm slower. I'm a slower runner. I'm a slow runner. I'm slow in general. I hear it all the time, by the way, from all levels of runners, all levels of runner, because there's always somebody to compare yourself to that's going to be faster than you. That just, unless you're Elliot Kipchoge himself, and even him, even he has people that are faster than him on certain days, like in Boston. So everyone faces this insecurity. And again, it's just not productive. And you probably heard me, if you listen to my podcast at all, you've probably heard me reframe this as there's no slow, only degrees of fast. Because if you're out here moving through space, trying to get your goals, listen to podcasts like mine, trying to be better, then you're a degree of fast. If you're not sitting on the couch doing nothing, then you're a degree of fast. If you're striving to be better or out there doing it for fun, you are a degree of fast. I don't care what part of the pack you're in. You are a degree of fast. Again, I want you to own that. You are not slow. Reframe that language. The only time I would enable somebody to or be okay with somebody using the word slow is if you're talking about this is a slow pace for me in the context of I need to go slow enough to run easy. So you're using that word without judgment to describe a specific pace category for you relative to you. That would be the only time it's okay. And then even I try to reframe that to say, to use the word easy instead of slow. I need to run an easier pace or an easy pace for me. So there's no slow, only degrees of fast. And this is where I want to introduce this idea that oftentimes we tell ourselves stories and we tell ourselves these stories for a variety of reasons. Mostly it's to protect ourselves from, from fear, from facing the reality of our situation, from perhaps having to strive more and it and it shows up in all parts of our life not just in running we we will tell ourselves i'm not good at math or i'm not a good reader or i couldn't pursue this type of career because or i can't be a marathoner because or i'm too busy to do x y and z and sometimes 
there's truth buried in there, but oftentimes these are just stories that we tell ourselves to protect ourselves from something, from facing the truth about our ability, from really having to work hard to actually strive and achieve in an area, to not wanting to achieve because that creates pressure that can be overwhelming, fear of failure, fear of success. We've talked about that before in the podcast, but these are all stories that we tell ourselves and these stories start at a young age. Sometimes they're reinforced by society around us. In this case, I think when we're talking about slow as in runners, this is something that is reinforced by the culture around us in how running culture at times in its elitist sectors in the corners of the sport that are more elitist can make people feel this way, that they are, quote, slow. So it's not all just us creating these stories for ourselves. It's us believing the stories that others give us. And yet we have the power to change these narratives. And most of the time, these narratives aren't real. They're not reality. They're just a defense mechanism of some form. And I will talk about this for me in one of the other lies, but but there was a time in my life where I was telling myself a story about what I could accomplish in the sport. And it was that, it was just that it was a story. It was an excuse. It was a defense mechanism. It prevented me from really striving in a particular time in my life for goals. And that was called out for me as just a simple story. And I flipped the script changed the narrative and was then able to continue striving. And again, I'll talk about that in a minute, but these are all things that we have to recognize and then change the story and the narrative. Just like growing up, you may have been told you were bad at math. You may have felt like you were bad at math, but most of us could actually be good at math if we really, if we really worked at it. Same thing is true with the running All of us can be better at running. All of us can do things that we didn't think possible in running if we just do the work and we work at it. And it starts by changing the stories, changing the narrative. You aren't slow. You are a degree of fast and you might be striving to be a faster degree of fast. There's a lot of people that, that are doing that and you can be just like them too. So recognize those narratives, call yourself out on it, and then let's flip the script. So that's number two. Number three, I'm not worthy of a goal or a coach. I'm not worthy of a goal or a coach. And this, for this one, I largely blame our running culture, especially the elitist corners of our running culture for pushing this narrative and for walling off access to training principles, to rigor of training, to the idea that certain people or that all people can set goals and really strive for things. I think largely our running culture has told people either directly or indirectly that if they're in a certain part of the pack or if they're in a certain, they're a certain degree of fast, that they're not worthy of big goals. And so if this is you, then this most likely isn't on you believing this lie. It is most likely on our industry 
And it is one of the areas that I'm most passionate about and why I do this podcast is to give access to this type of rigorous training information to anybody, regardless of their degree of fast. And so there's work to be done to to tear down walls within our sport to eliminate elitism. And believe me, I am working on that. And you can work on it too when you see those areas call it out. For us at Rogue, it really started 19 years ago when we founded this business with the idea that we wanted to show the everyday athlete that they too can have access to the same training principles that an elite athlete would use. And yes, the paces might be different. The total volume might be different and tailored to your starting point, but you have access to the same principles. You are human just like Elliot Kipchoge is human, like Kara Goucher, Des Linden, Shalane Flanagan. All of those elite athletes that you admire are also human and they can follow the same training principles that you can. You can strive like they do if you train like they do. And so one of the passions for me as a coach is really showing that to anybody who wants to show up and strive. Again, I don't care what degree of fast you are. I pride myself on being able to help you see what's possible for you. Dream bigger than you ever could have thought. Know that you're worthy of big goals and give you the tools to go strive for them in a step-by-step fashion that's tailored to your starting point, that doesn't rush you, that doesn't fast forward or get you hurt along the way, but that does it in a patient, methodical way. More rigorous than likely what you would be able to pull from an online training plan because, again, they're gatekeeping. They're saying, you're not worthy of certain things, so we're going to give you a watered-down version of it And that's not what we do here at Rogue. Yes, we tailor it to your starting point, but we give you a rigorous program that will allow you to reach your potential, that will allow you to do things you never thought possible. And so this one, I'm not worthy of a goal. This lie or a coach is really something we've got to fight against the industry on but what you can do individually is seek out those coaches because they are out there i am certainly one of them everybody in our road community is certainly that but there are other coaches that exist in pockets of the country that believe the same way and you got to find those people listen to how they talk to you are they equally interested in your goals are they showing you what's possible are they dreaming big for you so that you can break out of the walls you may have created for yourself and the limitations you may have put on yourself those are the types of people you want to work with to beat this lie because everyone is worthy if you're striving at all everyone is worthy of a big goal everyone is worthy of being shown what's possible, even if they don't know what's possible on their own. And everyone's certainly worthy of having a coach who can work with them to, tailored to their starting point, apply the same principles that the elites apply so that they can ultimately smash big goals too. So find someone like that and this lie will melt away quickly because you're going to be doing things very quickly that you never thought possible.
So that's number three. Number four, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough, dot, dot, dot. And that can, that dot, dot, dot can mean a lot of different things. I'm just not good enough to cover a certain distance. I'm just not good enough to run a certain time. I'm just not good enough to do what I want on this coming race day. I'm just not good enough. So what can we do with this? This is a common doubt, again, for everybody, regardless of where you fall in the pack. It's, it's a mix of doubt. It's a little bit of fear. It's perhaps a defense mechanism at some level as well. And so we have to break it down and really try to reframe the narrative. And, and I would put this into a more tactical category. Certainly, there are big things you can do from a positive self-talk perspective that will help with this one on the macro level. I am a runner. I am strong. I am fast. I am good enough. I can do XYZ goal. Those are the types of phrases and sentences that you could put on a mirror, on your refrigerator, on your dash to start to reprogram this message if it comes to you from a macro level. But then there's also the micro level of I'm not good enough to do this goal that's right in front of me. And for that, I would want you to focus on the reasons why you can rather than the reasons why you can't. Focus on the reasons why you can rather than the reasons why you can't. That means, again, on the micro level, digging into your training log, seeing the work that you've done that points to the fact that you can go do that next thing in front of you. This is why I like to include what I call anything workouts in training plans that might come in a long run, that might come on a, a Wednesday, that might come during the week for those that train with me virtually. Anything workouts are those tough workouts that you look at on the page or you look at in the email that I send and you say, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> that looks really hard. And because I promised never to give anyone a workout that they can't do, then you show up and you do it. It might be hard. You might struggle. You might have to push through some pain. But when you do it, then you have the confidence that you can do anything. That's an anything workout. So having a plan with some anything workouts in it will give you that confidence because then you can go back and look at that and be like, that wasn't anything workout. I can do that. I can go do the thing I want to do on race day. So focus on the things that you do know. Focus on the results that you have had. If you haven't run a marathon the next time, you've run some half marathons that might point to your ability to run a marathon at that time. Same thing with the other distances. If you haven't run a 10K in a certain time, maybe you have run a 5K that would indicate according to the calculators what's possible. So again, don't focus on the reasons why you can't. Focus on the reasons why you can. Because ultimately, that's all that really matters anyway. You got to swing for it. You got to go for it. And then you do. And then you see what happens. And if... You learn, no matter what the outcome is, then that's success. And then you keep rolling. It's never 
no running result is ever an indicator of your worth. It's just not. It's not an indicator of your worth. So separate your identity from your results and just go do. Know what you've done. Bring and build confidence from that. Take a swing. Take multiple swings. If you get it, great. Celebrate it. If you didn't, take your lessons and move on to the next because you are good enough ultimately. That's number four. Number five, I'm too old. Number five, I'm too old. This is another one that I hear quite frequently. All the time people come to me and say, well, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. I'm getting to be, and they'll give me an age. And believe me, I'm in the middle of facing this one too. I'm 43 years old, still young, but I'm not immune to this insecurity, this doubt of I'm too old. It's not a useful narrative, first of all. And I've talked about this in a, rec- in a recent episode. There's no point in really worrying about when father time is going to come for your speed. It's just there's no productive point in that. Because there's a lot of people, especially if they get into running later in life, that will continue to get faster well into their 50s, sometimes 60s, even 70 plus for at least one of the athletes that I coach. Just had an athlete run at the age of 55, his first Boston qualifier and a marathon PR this past weekend in Eugene. Amazing, amazing result. And it came after years of struggling with some injury, having some good races, but then missing some because of injury, some ups and downs that were challenging, but he just kept doing the work, stayed focused, and finally had that training cycle where things really came together. Boom, qualified for Boston at Eugene. He's on his way to Boston in 2024. It's not too old, but if he'd listened to that narrative that may have started in his ad at 45, then he wouldn't have kept swinging for it, wouldn't have kept going for it. So it's just not a productive narrative. And I talk about this more again in more depth on episode 282. So if you want to check that out, then I give you a little bit more depth on how to tackle this one. And sure, there will be a time when you may not be able to PR again. But again, for most of us, especially those that got into it later in the sport, oftentimes that time isn't anytime soon. And there's no way to know really when it will come until it does. And so I encourage you just to enjoy the journey, do all the right work, Do all the right training. Certainly integrate strength training more as you age to combat the fact that we do lose muscle mass naturally as we age. And then just see, explore with curiosity what running as you age is like and don't put limiters on what's possible because it's not useful, it's not productive, it doesn't serve you. And most likely... As I have many athletes who fall in this category, you will surprise yourself if you keep doing the work. Okay, so that's number five. Before I get to number six, I want to talk about my new partnership with John G. As I mentioned, they were on episode 312. I talked to the founders, Dave and Mike, who have actually known since the very beginning of their days at John G. And so it's fun to have this full circle moment. And I'll be talking more in my partnership with them 
in episodes every single month. I'm going to have two episodes with them as sponsors over the next six months. And that's exciting to me. They are running apparel company. If you didn't know, they started their business basically back in college with when the two of them had this idea to make better running apparel that would also benefit the people around them. And so now they're doing it. Each piece, 2% of the revenue goes to support clean water related causes. And they also, as a part of their design, celebrate cultures and artists from all over the world in unique patterns and colors that come out with every single seasonal release. They've got all your running basics, tops and bottoms, outerwear, socks in partnership with Belega, and a whole host of running accessories. I've personally tried just this week the all-day running tee that was amazing for a strength workout that I did. So I encourage you to go check out their website, Run Johnji, or just simply johnji.com. It's all very functional apparel. They have a run everywhere guarantee, which means that if there's anything wrong with that product within five years, they will replace it. No questions asked. All of their apparel is durable, sustainable, and of course, responsible because of the causes that they support. So go check it out. Again, johnji.com. You get free shipping with any order over $55 on their site. Thanks to them for partnering. I look forward to working with them. Okay, let's get back to the lies we tell ourselves. Now we're going to get more tactical for the next couple. And these two you may expect from me, considering that I get, I say, and I talk about these every chance I get in these episodes. Number six is, number six lie is I can't go that slow. I can't go that slow. You know, I'm always talking about how it's so important to run slow or easy in order to ultimately work the right aerobic zone as well as stay healthy along the way and get faster. But a lot of people come back and and tell me they just can't do it. It's not comfortable. Well, I would say, of course, it's not comfortable if you haven't practiced it. So it's time to actually practice it. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not a worthy goal to figure out. Because as I said, if I'm someone here who can run roughly 620 per mile for the marathon and I'm doing my easy runs sometimes between 9 and 10 minute miles or slower, then there's something wrong if your easy runs aren't as slow as well. And so it's time to really focus on it and practice it because yes, it'll be uncomfortable at first. Yes, it might be frustrating at first, but if you practice it, I promise you, you, you'll become more efficient at it. And ultimately that will lead to you being more efficient at all paces. And so give yourself a target. If you're trying to run three miles in 11 minute miles, 12 minute miles, 13 minute miles, 10 minute miles, whatever it may be, then give yourself that target. Is it a 30-minute run, a 33-minute run, a 36, a 39? However many minutes you need to be running to hit the right slow effort or easy effort, then do it and strive to work on it and hit that target just as you strive to hit targets on intervals and speed workouts. It's no different. The target is just looks a little different because it's an easier pace rather than a faster pace. And so just do it, practice it, check the box and give yourself a reward if you're able to do it. Settle in, learn to be efficient with it. One of the ways I encourage you to practice being efficient with it 
is by actually keeping your turnover up even at easy efforts. Sometimes we plod along when we're running at easy efforts. When I want you to instead keep your turnover relatively high, it won't be necessarily the same as it is when you're running faster, but it should be higher than a simple plodding motion. And so you should actually have pretty high turnover. One way that I personally reinforce that when I'm running easy is to occasionally, not always, but occasionally run my easy runs in a shoe that's lighter. That's a racing flat style shoe because when I wear that, it reminds me that I can't hit the ground too hard. I can't plot along. I actually have to keep my cadence up in order for that to be smooth and comfortable. And so that will help reinforce good mechanics as you run at easy paces. And if you keep doing it and practice it, and I'm not talking about one run or two runs or three runs, I'm talking about months worth of easy runs then you'll start to gradually notice a difference. You'll start to settle in. Another way to do this is getting a friend that might be more comfortable at that pace and just make sure that you stay on their shoulder or next to them instead of half-stepping in front of them. And often you'll find that having somebody to match cadence with will actually help you achieve the same pace and cadence in a way that's more comfortable to you. So that's another tip here is to get a friend that can help pull you back into that that pace in a way that's going to be comfortable for you. But you got to practice it. If you don't practice it, you'll never get good at it. And then you're ultimately going to be limiting your long-term potential as a result. So that's number six. Number seven lie that I hear is, I can't run that much. I can't run that much. I hear this all the time, especially in the context of people saying, I'll get hurt if I run more than three days a week, or I'll get hurt if I run back-to-back days, or I'll get hurt if my long run gets to X distance. And most of the time, if you really break it down with somebody, that means usually that they're doing something wrong. Most of the time, it means they're running too hard all the time, for example. Could also mean that all they ever do is something hard or long. And one of the fundamental principles of training is that you have to balance stress and rest. And rest isn't doing nothing. You need active recovery in order to create the movement which promotes blood flow, which promotes healing, so that you can then go the next long or hard day. I see people get hurt not when they run more days, if they're running those more days at easy effort, but rather when they don't have a recovery day active recovery day between a hard day and a long day or between a long day and another hard day. So most of the time, this idea that I just can't run that much is just a lie that you tell yourself to, so you don't have to actually run that much. So yes, you can run five days a week. Yes, you can build volume like everybody else. Of course, you have to follow the rules of doing it in a way where you're not building by more than three to four miles per week during a cycle and not more than about 20% of total mileage across cycles at your peak. As long as you're following those rules and you're building gradually and you're doing it under the supervision ideally of a coach, then you're going to be able to run more if you slow down, if you embrace recovery the way it should be embraced. So don't let yourself sit on that lie because you will ultimately limit your potential because of it. 
That was number seven. Number eight lie. This one's probably going to get me in trouble with some people. I just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. And let me be very clear. I am not opposed to having fun. You should be having fun with running. It's more fun when you embrace the fun aspects of it, when you embrace the community and the connections that come with it, because that makes it fun when you get to do with other people. But I hear this lie all the time when somebody doesn't want to strive, doesn't want to go for something. And they, they sit there and they tell themselves this lie. I just want to have fun because it's a way to hide from a goal. Or maybe they've been told that they're not worthy of a goal indirectly or directly. And this is their defense mechanism to say, hey, well, I just want to have fun. I'm not about striving for goals or trying to get faster. And I'm not here to say that you always have to be doing that. There are seasons of life. There have been seasons of my life where it has been more about just maintaining the movement practice, having fun with it, enjoying the time. But you have to really look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I wanting to have fun just because that's this phase of life for me, that's where running fits for me? Or is it because I'm afraid to strive. I'm afraid to go after a goal or someone's told me I'm not worthy to go after a goal. Because oftentimes when I hear that, oh, I just want to have fun. If you dig underneath it, then you'll find that there are goals that are hiding that again, either they're, they haven't given themselves permission to pursue, or maybe they're afraid to pursue, afraid of failure, afraid of what it would look like if they strived and didn't get it. So I give you this lie with that context, but you have to be honest with yourself. Is it about that? Or what if I said, what about going for this? What about running a distance you've never run before? Does that excite you? What about running a time that you've never run before? Does that excite you? Usually if you dig underneath it, you'll find that yes, there's some excitement there from striving, but they don't think it's possible. And so they've defaulted to this defense mechanism, which is to say, oh, I just, I'm just in it for fun. Again, nothing wrong with that at all. As long as it's not a way to hide from what you really want. So that's another lie that people tell themselves is I just want to have fun. Dig underneath it. Find an accountability partner who can help push you because you get outside your comfort zone outside the fun zone, so to speak, it can be a whole lot of fun to strive to do things you've never done before, to run faster than you've never run before. Again, it doesn't have to be about that. I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying that be careful when you use the phrase, I just want to have fun as a way to hide from what you really want. All right, that's number eight. Number nine, got two more here. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Hear this one a lot. It's one that I've told myself. And this is where I get back to the example I was referring to earlier. In 2013, I was in this place in my running where I was thinking that my PRs were behind me. Had three kids, had just had my third kid, had a business, athletes that I coach, people that I was 
investing in to try to help them get their goals. And so I had told myself a very reasonable and plausible story that I just don't have the time to really get the PRs that I think are might be out there for me. And, and those, those are behind me now. At that time, I would have been 33 years old. Those are behind me now. I've moved on to a different phase in life. And believe me, I was actually very content. I'd reached a point in my running journey at that point where I didn't need PRs in order to enjoy it, in order to enjoy the movement practice of it, the mental health benefits that it gave me, the connections to a community that I loved. I was content with just running for running's sake. But there was still that little voice in the back of my head that wanted more. But I was telling myself a story that I didn't have time for it. Three kids, business, athletes, I coach myself. There's just too much to do. And then I happened into a goal setting workshop with a friend of mine. And she actually called me out on it and said, what if you removed the constraints, Chris, what would you want? And I said, I want PRs at every distance. And, but I don't, but then I started to give the butts, but I don't think that's possible because of X, Y, and Z. And she pushed me to change the narrative. She said, you can do it if you're willing to do the work and you have to change the narrative in your head. Because she started to dig in with me on what would it take to get those goals, get those PRs. And we were able to work through the barriers that I thought I had by simply talking through it. I knew all the pieces that I needed to do. I needed, I knew the things I needed to do in order to take the steps. And what was getting in the way of those things wasn't necessarily my constraints. It wasn't necessarily my time and my kids and my job and my business and my athletes. It was really simply fear of success, fear of failure, fear of what if I go for this and I don't get it? What does that mean about me? And so I set those things aside, changed the narrative and said, well, why not me if I'm willing to do a few things in order to work through these constraints? And so I did it. I changed really just a few things. And as a coach, I knew what those things needed to be, changed them, started doing the work consistently in a way that I needed to. And ultimately that next year, in 2014, I PR'd in every single distance, 10K and above. Didn't PR the 5K, primarily because I ended up not racing it, but 10K and above, I PR'd in every single distance that next year after simply changing the narrative. And it wasn't, I don't have time. It was, what do I have time for? How can I work within my constraints to get the most out of it so that I can get what I want? And as someone who coaches, People that have all manner of responsibilities from being in school, nursing school, to having crazy jobs, to families with a lot of kids and partners and responsibilities. I've seen it all. And I've also seen those with those constraints still put in the work and still get results if they're willing to manage through those constraints. And I'm a great thought partner in that. There are ways to do it. There are creative ways to do it if you're willing to. And, you know, you may not be able to do everything you would do if you didn't have some of those constraints because we can only run as much as we can recover from. And sometimes when we have those constraints, 
we have to pull back a little bit. But usually you can do more than you think. And usually you can accomplish more than you think if you discard this lie that you tell yourself. Because again, I've got runners with family responsibilities, with intense jobs, with all of it. And they're still striving, still doing the work, still getting results. And look, again, certainly there may be seasons of life where you have to shift your focus, but the overall narrative is one that you can do a lot given your constraints if you're willing to work through it and not use it as an excuse. So that's the ninth lie is I don't have time. Number 10, I'm not like them or him or her, not like that other person I can't do it the way they do it because of X, Y, and Z. They have more talent. They have fewer constraints. They have more time. They have more, more, more of whatever you think you don't have. And that is a lie we tell ourselves all the time. The comparison game is tough. It beats us down. What do they say? Comparison is the thief of joy. It's also the thief of striving and getting goals with your running because you make that comparison and then you tell yourself that you can't because someone else can. There's something wrong with that. So what do we need to do with this one? A couple things. One is recognizing that everybody faces similar challenges. They may not be the exact same, but of this list of 10 things, I promise you, that every single person you see out there, regardless of where they are in the pack, is facing a bunch of them. Not one, not two, but multiple, several. And they may be different from your list of lies that you have to face down, but everybody has the lies that they believe, the doubts in their heads, insecurities about what they can accomplish, the comparisons they're making at whatever level they're at that might hold them back. So recognize that we're all human. We all have these insecurities, doubts, lies that we believe that hold us back. So you're not alone in this. And whoever that person is, you may be looking at and say, I'm not like them. Therefore, I can't do it like they do. Whoever that is, I know that that they're facing a lot of these things too. So recognize your similarities more than you recognize your differences. Then secondly, don't focus on how they're different from you in a bad sense. Focus on the strengths that you bring, not in comparing yourself to others, but simply in your identity. What am I good at? Don't compare yourself to someone else. Yes, they may have strengths in area A, B, and C, but you have strengths in area X, Y, and Z that give you an advantage. So instead of focusing on what you don't have in relation to that other person, focus on what you do have. And that's not to knock them at all, but just to say, look, you have those strengths. Well, I've got these strengths, so I'm going to put those to work. And maybe your strengths are your diligence, your willingness to do the work if somebody lays out a plan for you. Maybe your strengths are your grit. When the workouts get hard, when the race gets hard, you can dig in. Maybe your strengths are going easy on your easy runs in a way that no one else can, which is only only going to unlock potential for you down the road. 
What are your strengths? I don't care what the strengths of others are. What are your strengths? How can you bring those to bear? Stop the comparison game and focus on the things, as I said earlier, that you can do rather than the things that you can't. Because from my perspective, in comparing yourself to others, the only useful thing is to say, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Not they can do it and I can't. It's no, if they can do it, then I can do it too. I can bring my own strengths to bear to get there. That's the only comparison game that's useful here. So stop telling yourself that lie. I'm not like them, therefore I can't. I'm not like them, but that means I can do it too because I have different strengths to bring to the table. That's the narrative that you want to be leaning on. And I've seen it as a coach. I've coached literally thousands of athletes at this point, and everyone brings something different to the table from their history, from their strengths, from their opportunities, from the things that they can build upon. Everyone brings something new to the table. And there's inspiration to be gained from that. Every single person I coach, if you tell their story the right way, they can inspire someone else. And so again, instead of using the comparison game to pull yourself down and to give you reasons why you can't, look around for inspiration and draw from that and then gather your own strengths to bear as well to go smash those goals because you will. So there you go. 10 lies. I'm going to read them again just to remind you to reframe the narratives in your, st- in your head when you hear and think and say these things. Correct yourself and reframe it to the positive. You might say, I'm not a runner. I'm here to say you are. You might say, I'm too slow. I'm here to say your degrees of fast. You might say, I'm not worthy of a goal or a coach, and I'm here to say everyone is worthy of a goal and a coach. You might say, I'm just not good enough, and I would say you absolutely are. You might say, I'm too old, and I would say you're just degrees of young, keep striving. You might say, I can't go that slow, and I'm here to say I promise you, you can. If I can, you can too. You might say, I can't run that much. And I would say, let's try. You might say, I just want to have fun. And I would say, are you sure? Sure, that's it. Is there something more? You might say, I don't have time. And I would say, you have time. Prioritize and make it. You might say, I'm not like them. And I would say, great. Because you've got different strengths to bring to bear. Be inspired by them and go crush it too. All right, let's wrap it here. Thanks again to John G for sponsoring this episode and for being my new partner. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.